When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, everything's in one piece, as you can see, which is a clear indication that the uh, charges are not 0-3. And I am still sane for the time being. And with that said, let's jump into a new five because there is a lot to talk about. Another game coming up against the hated Raiders. Of course, it's Raider week, so you know what that means. Got to get into that, but got to revisit some of the things that happened last week before we jump into what is to come on Sunday. So without further ado, let's do it. Sometimes I tell you, man, darned if you do, darned if you don't. Uh, one of the reasons why I stopped playing fantasy years ago up until last season is because I couldn't pick with my head instead of my heart. Was always selecting Chargers players, didn't really end up all that well. So last year and this uh, year, I decided that I wouldn't do that. I would go the opposite route. So because of it, I'm getting cooked in my work league right now, which is what it is. I passed on Justin Herbert and also passed on Keenan Allen, which I'm very much so regretting at this point. But just kind of is what it is, man. You can't help it anymore. National media, get that hate out of your heart. Rolling this right into number one, and it's really a question. What's really going on? The reason I'm asking this, I am inquiring, because I just I just got to understand. Everybody who watched that game last week and kept up with the statistics, even if you're just a box score person, is familiar with Justin Herbert's performance from last week. 40 or 47 uh, passes completed. That's good for an 85% clip. And that's the best single game completion percentage for any quarterback with like at least 45 passes attempted in league history. So above just that, uh, he went against a team that blitzed him on over 80 percent of his dropbacks. So what, like 41 out of 50, um, his average time to throw was like 2.2 seconds, which is down from like, I think his career average time to throw, which is like 2.4. And then you hear stuff like from cats over at PFF who said overall his uh, performance was just pretty good. All right, fam. Whatever. Uh, we should be used to this at, the, um, at this point. National media and other pundits don't seem to really want to dig into Charger stuff unless it's the bad crap, which, I mean, there's a flip side to this because it's something else that I noticed throughout the week. It really wasn't about his performance at all. And all this dude keeps doing is setting records. It was also, I believe, his first 400-yard passing game of his career, which, to think about that, is kind of nuts, considering how much he's thrown for, for. But it's been overshadowed by the Brandon Staley fourth down call, which I already told y'all I was perfectly fine with. I just didn't like the play call. It should have done the tush push. It made perfect sense, but... Once again, people hate giving Justin Herbert credit, and I can't figure out why. It's because he made almost everyone look stupid 
with regard to how they felt about him coming out in the draft, thinking that he would probably bust as a quarterback, first round guy. They probably shouldn't use a high early round pick on him. That was like the consensus thing. You had a few people out there like I think Chris Sims was someone who saw it coming. So kudos to him. But I don't think anyone else really did. I might have seen one or two other people championing it. But, you know, majority of us wanted to and I mean, he's playing phenomenally right now. A lot of that has to do with the system. The fact the dude holds onto the ball for like 0.8 seconds and gets rid of... No, we're not doing that. Because it sounds like I'm disrespecting him. And I don't want to do that. They are using him the way that they should. This is about Justin Herbert. And the fact that people just can't get over themselves. Look, even people who talk about this stuff on a day-to-day basis and get paid for it, you can be wrong. But what about this dude don't y'all like? I mean... He's not a rah-rah person, which, you know, you might want that. That might be something on your list that you wish he was more of. But he definitely gets up for his team and excited, especially when plays are made. But he's pretty much even kill. So not too high, not too low. In sports, it's kind of how you got to be. He's absolutely the face of franchise. Have you seen that hair? Why are we not doing shampoo commercials at this point? Is he? I don't know. And, you know, he's been linked to some, you know, nice looking ladies. Seems like all-American QB that everybody would want to be. Unless you were one of those nerds in school. And it's okay to be a nerd. I was nerdy to an extent. I was a popular guy also. I was a jock. I was smart. It was fine. I'm not, look at me bigging myself up. I kind of was like the total package. It is what it is. I'm just be honest. But for real though. Unless you were just one of those cats who couldn't get a date to the prom and all this other stuff. And you hated on the, uh, the jocks and everything. Then maybe that's what is going on here. You see in this dude, he was everything you wanted to be in high school. You couldn't do it. And so you're hating on him even in adulthood. That's crazy. That's nuts. Move on, bro. You probably have kids and everything at this point. I'm talking to everybody out there. Because, look, he's not going to stop being who he is. And, oh, if they figure out how to start winning. I don't know what y'all are going to do. Because then, at that point, you're not going to have anything to say. I mean, right now, it's all about wins being a qb stat which we know it isn't because it's a team freaking game and you can't win without the other phases of the game contributing there's only so much you can do there's only so many times he can put on a cape and pull it out but yo i'm I'm just gonna say it for the last time man y'all gotta get over this it's ridiculous i mean grown men out there hating on somebody for just being awesome is nuts to me all right i'm done and unfortunately, Tuesday didn't end with all hugs and Hallmark cards, right? Lost Mike Williams for the year. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about here in number two, which I have entitled Costly Request. And you guys have probably heard this before, right? You have to be careful what you ask for. You might just get it, but you might not get it the way that you want it. Mike Williams is out for the year with the torn ACL. The injury looked pretty bad on the field when it happened. And, uh, you know, I think we were all pretty much expecting the worst. And uh, I could talk about something else that took place on that play. Certain hit from a safety that just completely was ignored by the referees. But a very similar hit happened earlier and uh, extended a drive when Derwin James did it. It's weird how that seems to keep happening, by the way. I don't... And officiating in this game in general was just insane. We can talk about that at another time. I might even get into it in this five. Just depends on how I'm feeling. Maybe, maybe not. I'm in 
pretty much a good mood i would say so i might not want to bring myself down with that but again now we're looking at a scenario where enter quentin johnston it's what we've all been asking for right so it really would have been nice if your first round draft pick had been able to get into more of a rhythm in the first three games or so i get that y'all were trying to work him in slowly because you had so much talent ahead of him in the wide receiving room and guys who were cats who've been in the system for a while so i I get the explanation but i also don't get the type of play calls that were being called for certain wide receivers whose specialties aren't what you were calling those type of plays for as a matter of fact the play mike williams got hurt on probably not the best route to have him run i mean we've been talking about this already those screens need to go to quicker more elusive wide receivers i'm not saying that necessarily contributed to his injury what i am saying though is that quentin johnston is the guy that you pretty much drafted to run those exact routes but what's even stranger is like for the last couple games Y'all just been throwing teasers out there. You'll have him come out for like the first drive. You'll literally scheme up touches for him. Maybe one or two. And then he disappears for the rest of the game. And I don't understand why. If he's in and he's actually catching the ball, which was, I think, the primary concern. I don't necessarily think it was so much that he's not understanding the scheme. And, you know, not properly running his routes with the correct leverage and all this other stuff. I think it was the hands issue. And building up some confidence. Well, you know how you build confidence? get him to rock it's the same thing as with the quarterback when a quarterback's off or you want to get him warmed up you might start him off with a couple short quick passes and then open it up as you go along if you have a guy that's having hands issues kind of use the same philosophy and if it's paying off and he's producing then why stop now he's going to be thrusted into more of a prominent role in the receiving game unless something i don't know no let me not go there this is what they're going to do because it's what they need to do. I'm hoping. And so he will be a more significant part of the offense. And let's just hope he's ready. Uh, because you're going to need him. What you don't have now is that consistent downfield 50-50 uh, guy who can make those really tremendous grabs. Uh, but you do still have a six foot eight tight end who, uh, what, has three touchdowns on the year now? I still don't know how he caught that piss missile uh, from about 10 feet away (laughs) from Herbert before halftime. Because, man, even when you see that angle from behind uh, Herbert, when you look at it on all 22, that looks insane. Insane. The, The gap was so small. It was either Parham catches that ball or he ends up in the ER because Herbert was going to put a hole through his hands, man. And I mean, as impressive as the throw was from where it was on the field and where he threw it to and the opposition where the defender was in relation to the throw and Parham, all that was nuts. But Parham catching that ball at that short of a distance with the type of mustard that Herbert put on that, yo. And by the way, six foot eight dude getting used in the red zone. Finally, it's happening. I've only been asking for it now for what, three years? And someone finally figured it out. Big body, huge wingspan, taller than everyone else. Should probably take advantage of it. And here we are. Three touchdowns through three games. Fan freaking tastic. Thank you very much. But this is about QJ again. 
my man it's time buddy first round draft capital spin on you people have been waiting to see how you play under the lights and you're gonna get your shot oh yeah and by the way i'll be there when it happens because Chargers play the raiders this weekend in so far your boy will be in the building so qj show up show out because if not we're gonna have to talk and uh you know i keep surreal so i'd rather it be pleasant help me out here you know i pride myself on uh being fair and balanced in my criticisms and also my praise so who would i be in this five piece to not give credit where it's due to mr kenneth murray jr that canine moniker seems fitting for the last two weeks and uh, we're gonna roll into number three i'm gonna call this one give a dog a bone right just from the last two weeks 13 solo tackles three tackles for loss one sack and one game ceiling interception and you know what i watched his mic up yesterday and i always knew he was an intense guy but just kind of listening to him and how he hones in before the play, after the play, he's talking to himself. Yeah, typically, the thing that has annoyed me about him in the past, and not just the fact that, you know, made some pretty boneheaded mistakes and looked like he was out of position more often than not, is that whenever he would do something that looked decent, he would hop up, get all amped up, be talking crap to whoever he made the play against. And I'm always in my head like, okay, dude, you did something. Get back to the huddle because if you keep this up, you're probably going to earn a personal foul. We don't need any more of that stuff. But I got a new appreciation for his level of intensity after watching that uh, mic'd up, like I was saying. That dude really puts his heart and soul into this. Uh, it was evident, and I don't think it was faked at all. And on top of that, one of the other things that I noticed is that these guys really seem to be rooting for him. I'm talking about his teammates and the coaches as well. From a talent perspective, we kind of know what he's about, you know, what he's made of from a physical standpoint. It's just the mental aspect of the game. And also the team putting him in situations where um, his limitations aren't exposed. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, with Eric Kendricks going down, I was really scared about the prospects of not only him wearing the green dot, but also just what that would look like without a vet next to him. Uh, but he has held up very well since that injury. And I mean, has it been perfect? Nah, he's not a finished product. He still misses some tackles here and there. But what I do notice is, is he's not as late on reading and reacting as he has been in the past, particularly in the passing game. His click and close, especially last week against the Vikings, was impressive because he comes downhill violently and he is blowing dudes up. He's making his presence known. And I think this is what we've all been looking for for the last three years. I mean, even the presence he brings in filling holes. Like when he picks the right hole and he shoots a gap and he makes contact with the running back, he is stonewalling them. I mean, that last drive last week, he accounted for two of the biggest plays to ensure that Chargers win. And at this point, the trajectory is, you gotta ask yourself this question. This keeps up throughout the course of the season. 
they didn't pick up that fifth year option what do you think that means for kenneth murray moving forward well we've got a pretty lengthy season to see how it plays out but if he keeps up this pace we might have to have a different conversation here in a few months uh never thought i'd be saying that but here we are hey yo come here <clears throat> see that dude number 45 he different i raved about Thule last week maybe even the week prior but man ooh. it's getting to the point now where you can't ignore it you can't just put it off to the side and say well he's got potential he's flashing here and there no 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 he's not just flashing he's being a difference maker He's being the thing that I said the Chargers were missing from their defensive front on a consistent basis, a disruptor. Now, originally, my ask was that they find somebody who can be on the interior of the defensive line to play that role. But he's doing more than his fair share from the edge. And boy, I tell you this. If the front makes a play and Thule isn't the guy making it, he's you would argue the primary reason why the play gets made by whomever makes it. He's essentially getting assists and it's coming in a myriad of ways. He's winning with power, explosiveness, converting speed to power. Um, you can see the technique improving. He's actually got a signature move, the little sagged high knee thing where he splits the tackle on the guard. It happened again last week. That's his thing. Uh, can be a little dangerous. Take a shot to the ribs or something like that, but it's working for now. Keep it up. And I'm sure he'll continue to develop uh, more of a skill set, but what he has right now works just fine. Uh, and again, like I said, if he's not making the play, he's honestly kind of sort of direct reason why it's being made by whomever makes it so for instance last week uh week two against tennessee joey bosa's two sacks directly influenced by um Thule's impact um you can look at morgan fox's sack last week against the vikings directly linked to Thule. dude is only 21 years old i mean he probably still eats like dino nuggies and mac and cheese hey yo Thule, um I know you would Bobby Boucher me. No disrespect. I'm just saying you're still a very young cat. All good. Uh, number love on his side. Again, I'm just saying he's only 21 years old and he's a certified game wrecker already. Can't ask for much more. Last week, nine pressures, a sack, um, and another week of making a grown man into his When the Chargers get it right with players, they get it right. And I'm also pretty curious as to why no one else saw this. Almost makes you wonder how they miss on some of the dudes they do. Because I don't think it gets any more striking it rich than Thule in the second. As it appears through three games. Let's see how the rest of the season plays out. But literally through the first three contests. We're talking about somebody who looks like they could be defensive player of the I'm sorry, rookie of the year on the defensive side of the ball. I, it's baffling. 
I'm not going to ask any more questions about it. It is what it is. I appreciate it greatly. Tuli, keep doing what you're doing. You have a fan in me. And man, does the future look bright. Look at me. Bigging up Tuli so much, I completely forgot to give you the uh, title for number four, which was the uh, Polynesian Prodigy. Heck, might even be able to call him the Polynesian Predator, but uh, in today's climate, that nickname probably won't fly hey yikes uh let's forget about it moving on to number five <laughs> i'm gonna uh call this one don't do it <clears throat> once again sunday chargers are in a matchup against the hated dreaded uh dastardly las vegas raiders and they're terrible Mm-hmm. So essentially nothing that you're not accustomed to with this team. But the reason why I'm calling this one, don't do it, is this is the classic Chargers trap game. It's the one that you feel like they ought to win, but there's just enough going on to where it could potentially derail it. And then you're looking at going into the bye week at one and three as opposed to two and two. And you're feeling completely different. And then you just got to live with that for two weeks. <clears throat> Let's look at this Raiders team from this perspective and the train wreck that they are. Uh, Josh McDaniels is now in his second stint as a head coach, and I have no idea how this guy keeps getting hired. You saw how he bailed on the Colts um, a couple seasons ago, and I honestly, I just don't understand. Is it the Bill Belichick connection? I'll never really get it, but teams just seem to fall apart under his leadership. And right now, it's no different. Uh, as far as what they are as a team offensively it's pretty much a one man show because they can't get the running game going quite yet but once again we kind of know how that works out with the Chargers they have a tendency to be the cure for whatever ails you and there's a very real chance that you know the running game could potentially get going for the Raiders this week did you see what happened against the Vikings? Did we expect that for a team who hadn't had a rush um, attempt go for over 10 yards through two weeks until they met up with the Chargers? And then mysteriously out of the blue, just started reeling them off. How many did they have? Like three or four, at least three that I'm aware of. I could think of off the top of my head. But Josh Jacobs with the Raiders has not had a great go of it through the first three weeks of the season. I think he may be averaging just a tad over three yards a carry, something like that. But you know it's bound to happen just because it's the Chargers. And then you got Devontae Adams on the outside, and you feel like if they don't beat you one way, it'll be the other. Or it could actually be a combination of both. And on the other side of that coin, you have the Chargers who are dealing with some injuries right now, particularly in the secondary that was already getting gashed in the passing game. And this whole J.C. Jackson thing, which I'm not going to get into in any great length. We've talked about it all week long. Um, if you tuned in to last night's uh, roundtable, you heard uh, Jamie and I's opinion on it, but they got to get that cleaned up. Uh, the position that's really concerning, particularly against the run this week, because we know the Chargers like to play light boxes, and so safety help in the run game is pretty much essential, is the fact that 
We knew Derwin James was going to be out with the hamstring situation. And everything is a hamstring right now with everybody. Can't, for the life of me, grasp why that's a thing this year. But soft tissue injuries, whatever. Uh, And, like, the nightmare scenario that I literally talked about almost every day throughout the offseason going into the preseason was the fact that the Chargers did not bring in a veteran safety presence. And I'm not just talking about any old name. There's a guy that they signed. I'm not. Is it Dean Marlowe? Yeah. Something like that. Something Marlowe. Sorry, man. No disrespect. Don't know you. But that's not the type of vet I was alluding to. We're not going to get into the JJ3 thing because that ship has sailed. But the fact that I was afraid of exactly what's happening now. Darwin gets nicked up because that tends to happen with Darwin. He misses a couple games. And then the guy you have playing opposite him, Alohi Gilman, which given Alohi all the props in the world for his performance, especially last week, but he's dealing with some sort of heel injury. And if this keeps him off of the field, then you're looking at JT Woods, Raheem Lane combination at safety. And then what you going to mix Dean Marlowe in? I hope that guy's name is Dean Marlowe. I know it's something Marlowe. Mr. Marlowe, whatever your first name is, I'm uh, in the middle of something. Can't really look it up right now. But I don't like the prospects of that at all. And that should horrify everyone. I don't know what the Chargers thing is with tempting fate at certain positions. They go in with a not, a not enough depth or quality pieces to sustain long term. And... For some reason, almost feels like they just turn a blind eye to it. Like they don't believe something could potentially happen to put them in a bad situation. I mean, we've only watched this take place with almost every position they're deficient at throughout the years. It's just, you know, whatever guy is up top. And if you're top heavy there or he's a solid contributor or one of your star guys, if he goes down and you're looking at problems and in this scenario, it bit him in the butt potentially now if Alohi can go great uh will he be 100 percent? i don't know but still in all it's not your starters uh well there's no derwin should i say but you're going to be depleted in your secondary and then also yeah kind of bringing in the cornerback thing with jc not knowing his status for this week quite yet and the fact that michael davis hasn't been performing all that well to this point this season I don't know, man. It just really and truly feels like this could be one of those trap games for the Chargers. And you know what's even worse, potentially, is the fact that I'll be there and I may have to witness it live. <sighs> don't do it. Please don't. Just get the job done. The Chargers have enough talent, at least offensively, and hopefully that defensive front that's been generating pressure a lot lately and my guy Tuli, who I've been praising here a lot for the last couple of weeks can work in tandem with Joey Bosa and you know they can get to I mean whoever's going to be starting that quarterback for the Raiders this week and get pressure get home with four as much as you can and drop coverage behind it and just just get out to a lead and hold it man or build on it let's not say hold it because last thing you want to do is get conservative when you get conservative you lose Jump out to a lead against them and force them to have to pass the ball. Don't let them be balanced. Make them one-dimensional. And then get to the bye, feeling much better about yourself at 500. But do not 
find a way to lose this game. Do not allow this this game to be close, but it seems to be all the Chargers know how to do. I'm still begging that they don't let it happen this week. Uh, I'm going to enjoy myself one way or the other. I just hope that there's a W attached to it when all is said and done. So that's it, man. Y'all pray with me because if they lose this game, <laughs> let's not talk like that. Anyway, y'all heard my uh, prediction for it. Don't necessarily feel all that great about it, but I mentioned this last night on the round table is that I think the Chargers will pull it out 28 to 20. So with that said, I will catch y'all on Sunday for after hours. I will be on with Jamie and Garrett, even though I will be in LA. Just got to maneuver my way out of SoFi, get back to the hotel, and uh, I'll be hopping on there so we can chop it up, win or loss. But again, hopefully a win. Until then, catch y'all later. Y'all take it easy. And uh, I'm out. Gone.